What did ad read? I thought it was time. Um, before any of the podcasts start, like there's an ad, original ad that I had, and it was like glitchy. At, at times, it was glitchy and um, like you know, it was a good ad for sure. But I feel like it was more than time to record a new one because you know, the last one was informative too, and I just didn't feel like the last one was as good. But I was nervous to record a new one because I, I basically feel like I got the point out there, basically, when it comes to talking about podcasts, you know, recording the ad and all the if, ands, and buts. So um, I think I pretty much covered everything, but, you know, I just thought it would be good to record a new ad for the podcast. So, you know, it, it, update. It's be, it would be nice to update some shit. It's not good to stay the same. But anyways, three, two, one, we're live. Uh what is going on folks it is uh july 30th 2019 uh i think it's 31 days in july i was gonna say like the final day of july but the second to final day if i'm not mistaken of july a technical birthday month um yeah one more day of july then it's gonna be august already so you know the birthday month has passed by us and there's nothing we can do about it but anyways guys welcome in it is good to be back it is tuesday like i said and um you know uh it's been a while like i always say each every podcast has turned into a thing that i say it's been a while when it really hasn't because we were last here last friday and it's tuesday so it hasn't necessarily been a week yet so we haven't been here for at least over 48 hours, technically, but, you know, we have been here, we, we were here last Friday, but enough of that nonsense, welcome in, uh, brand new episode of Kicking It With The King, for those who may be new, if you don't know, now you know, we are available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, Podbean.fm, Podbay, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of all these, all these fucking things, so basically we just go and sum it up, and say it's available everywhere folks so tune in subscribe like share review tell everyone about it tell your girlfriends tell your ex-girlfriends tell whoever the fuck you talk to about this podcast tell them they should tune in tell them it'll change your life i'm on one this morning folks i apologize but anyways welcome in um you got a great show got a lot of lot to talk about couple of fights coming up, uh, fight cards, um, recap from last week, what's next, the normal stuff that we always talk about, I mean, as a community of people, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people that talk similarly about a lot of things, but there's a, there's a, I feel that I offer a different insight when it comes to specific things, because, you know, I like to talk about some of the things that people don't always like to talk about, so I, I kind of like to separate myself from, from those kinds of things, but, um, yeah, so going back, let's let's not waste any time. Um, going back to uh, UFC, what is it? UFC 240 just wrapped. Max Holloway defeats Frankie Edgar by unanimous decision. Returns from his loss, first loss in over five years to Dustin Poirier. The, that was for the 
interim lightweight title and a shot to fight Khabib at 155 pounds. Max came up short in that fight. Definitely had his moments in that fight, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, Dustin Poirier was a man on the mission and he came in with vengeance and he came in with a goal in mind to become a world champion, have a gold belt wrapped around his waist and potentially have a shot at Khabib. And now is officially confirmed to fight Khabib in Abu Dhabi. So, you know, like I said, his dream was solidified. Obviously, Max didn't need to be fighting at 155 pounds. You know, he, um, you know, obviously took a big fight and, you know, a risky fight. He put his, his streak on the line, as people, a lot of people know back then. It was a risky thing to do. Obviously, Dustin has went over him in the past. And, you know, that whole scenario, he was finished in the first fight. He comes back. He takes a lot. You know, he takes more damage than we've seen him essentially taking. It's not like he was getting demolished for absolute five rounds. Like, he had his moments. You know, he had a, a couple of big shots he landed in that fight. And he did real good in that fight. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, just Dustin was the superior guy. He was the bigger guy. He was a lot stronger. And, you know, he seemed like he had a lot of power. So a lot of the stuff he was hitting Max with, he hurt Max with because, you know, it's the power, you know, the weight class jump, the you know, the, the, the strength. You know, the fact that Max isn't a 155-pound fighter, he's he belongs at 145 pounds. So I said this on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at GTheKingMMA209 and also on Instagram at GTheKingMMA209 as well. Um... But uh, I said this on Instagram, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. I think if I, I don't know if I said it on Instagram for sure, but I think I'm, I'm pretty sure because you know when it comes to posting shit, I like to post things on all social media and stuff so everyone can get the message. Whether it's like if I have different audiences on different different websites or different sites like Snap, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's just it's just a combination of different things. So whatever your audience is, I try to post a lot of the same shit on everything. It depending on if it's like significant, like for example. Last week, and I congratulated Max Holloway on a fantastic performance, and you know, praise Frankie Edgar and all that. And we're gonna talk about all that stuff. So, you know, like I said, Max Holloway defeats Frankie Edgar. You know, I had said on Twitter originally that you know, how is Max gonna respond after his first loss in a very long time? But you know, a little part of me just had confidence. You know, because because of the way that Max handled himself after that loss, I thought that you know maybe he he will come back better. You know, he fought a bigger guy. He didn't need to fight Dustin Poirier again. He didn't need to put his title or not his title shot. Well, a title shot at a higher weight class on the line. He didn't need to do that, but he did because he's Max Holloway, and he'll fight anyone, anytime, anywhere, and he did that, he put it on the line, obviously, it was a non-title fight, he still, win, lose, or draw, he still was going to be a champion at, uh, at the weight class that he originally was, you know, best featherweight champion, consensus, in the words of John Ennett, consensus, best featherweight of all time, that's not named Jose Aldo, and, and he looked fantastic, Max, Max, obviously, yeah, you know, is a charismatic guy, also very smart guy, very humble guy, and if you remember how he was after he lost against Dustin Poirier, he, he handled it 
with absolute class and I had never seen someone handle something with such class. I mean, Max is the man. Max is the kind of fighter that you want to emulate. He's a kind of guy, both, both stylistically, that's, he, he presents a lot of great, st great style too. So stylistically, as well as, you know, mentally, like, you know, how he presents himself, how he comes off as, how nice of a guy he is, how humble, how cool, and you know, how much of a fan favorite Max really is. So seeing him beat Frankie Edgar, um, on the plus side, it's it's uh, it solidifies him still as one of the best fighters in the world. It shows that he didn't lose a step, and I believe that. I don't think he lost a step. I thought that he um, obviously, you know, he he did what Max does, and you know, there's been I, well, we have a lot to talk about. There's all these little potential theories and stuff to why I went the distance and all this other bullshit and nonsense. But that's not anything that I want to talk about. Oh, he wanted to go easy on Frankie. He didn't want to finish Frankie and all that. Um, it's a fight, man, but, you know, I, I can agree and I can see where he comes from because I feel like he f respects Frankie the same way, if not more, maybe less. I don't know if there's really a, a chart or anything to really put it on, but how much he respects Aldo as well as Frankie, and I know he respects Josie Aldo a lot. I can tell. I can just tell by the way he'd constantly talk about him and praise him after the fights and stuff, and, you know, he was a man. Max is a man, and, you know, he put a good performance on um, early on, you know, I seen them really kind of like getting the distance down there or gauging distance. Max kind of had his, has his little traditional, you know, hands down, kind of stalking you, you know, walking you down, kind of gaining the rhythm. He gathers the rhythm. He kind of picks up the pace. And as the fight starts to continue on and kind of go into later rounds, like kind of like around the third round, that's around he finished Jose Aldo in both times. Um, you know, he, um, what is it? He, you know, he picks up the pace and he wears you down. And, you know, the thing is with Max, it's not like he's a crazy knockout artist. Like, he's not like a Tyron Woodley at 145 pounds or a Chad Mendez or Alex Volganovsky kind of figure with massive, like, vintage knockout power. He just has a crazy pace. And, you know, he wears guys down with his, with his pace. And he has the cardio to, to back it up in the later rounds. So, I mean, if you can think of any other fighters that are like that and necessarily aren't good knockout artists but are fantastic fighters, I mean, that's got to go to the Diaz brothers. I mean, I've seen Nate kind of beat the fuck out of dudes and stop them with strikes a lot more than I mean, Nick. I mean, Nick, too, I kind of see a little bit of a, you know, like uh, kind of like a mix. I've seen them both do it and stuff, but um, like Nate's are a little bit more savage, I mean. I don't know. I can't. There's no. I don't know. There's no comparison actually. But I mean, like, as in, like, one punch knockout. I mean, Nate just throws a barrage of punches. He'll hurt you. He'll tag you. You'll be in trouble. And you know, he'll eventually, you know, come to the point where you're either submitted or you're you're stopped by strikes, and the referee jumps in and stops the fight. Nick Diaz, vintage as well. Um, you know, doesn't have crazy knockout power and stuff like that. He's not like a, oh my god, he's so terrible. Like, he is terrifying, definitely. If you don't have a gas tank, you're going to have a long night because Nick has offense for days and has cardio for days. So, so does Nate. And if you go back to what I was saying about Max, he has the kind of pace that wears guys down. And he eventually gets to the point where he can get you to the point where he stops you with strikes overwhelmingly. 
like he did Anthony Pettis, like he did to Jose Aldo twice. I mean, he was just playing pinball machine with, with Brian Ortega's face. I mean, popping him with every little shot that he had. I mean, he was playing, he was punching a punching bag. He used Brian Ortega's face as a punching bag, essentially. I mean, he fucked him up in that fight. All respects to Brian Ortega for for like for staying in and and staying tough throughout that like entire time and stuff like that. But um, you know, we we knew from the start that Max had his number. Obviously, after I mean, after his face was all bloodied up. I mean, I'm sure after a while you guys realized that that fight wasn't going to change, regardless of anything, regardless of heart, regardless of his determination. I just felt that Max had his number throughout that entire fight. And, you know, it was just the beginning of the end, and eventually the, the fight was stopped by the doctor. And, um, you know, after that, um, it was just, uh, you know, after that fight, I think that's when he, he went to do the Dustin Poirier fight. And that's when he got lit up a couple times, got hit real hard. I mean, like, it wasn't like he was concussed. He just got hit with some big shots. Max is a chin, too, so don't forget that. So he was not only was he hit with a lot of big shots from a guy who's real strong, essentially, like, one, weighing almost close to 180, probably, 170, 180, probably, on fight night. But, yeah, he was getting hit. He was getting tagged. He was getting beaten up. He got bloodied up. We never really seen Max in that kind of position before. I mean, if you go back to like if you think back to like the rest of like his contests and stuff i mean we haven't really i've never seen him that bloody or anything like that or beaten up i mean even the fights the big fights you know fights with Lamas. i mean the aldo fight cub swanson fight um you know the fights that he lost he wasn't like beaten like bloodied he wasn't bloodied and beaten. Yeah, like he was. He was submitted in the fight with the. I think he got beat. He got beaten by Bermudez. He got beaten by uh, Dustin Poirier. He got beaten by Dustin Poirier again. Um, I forgot the last guy to beat. Oh, uh, I think it was. No, it wasn't Feely. I'm trying to think of the other person to beat him because he has four losses on his record now. Two of them are to Poirier. One of them's to Bermudez. Oh. <sighs> How could I fucking forget Conor McGregor, the notorious Conor McGregor, the former UFC featherweight and light, and lightweight champion? I was gonna say light heavyweight. I don't know why, but um, yeah. So Max hasn't really, you know, he's twenty seven years old. He he he's still growing, as crazy as it sounds. I mean, the amazing thing is what he's been able to accomplish throughout his entire career, so far as a, at a young age. Like he's doing this shit young. He's not uh he's not doing this at maybe 30 or 35 or you know kind of figuring things out at a later age and stuff. No, he's doing it right now. That's the thing. He's doing it right now. He's looking good doing it. And you know, I don't think that I mean obviously, I don't think that there's been anyone that's been able to do that at such a young age other than like you know John Jones. I mean, the best fighters in the world. Um are the ones that do these things. I mean, John Jones, 23 years old, youngest champion in UFC history. I mean, going over to Max, Max was a young guy. He lost a couple fights and stuff. But, you know, eventually just went on this crazy run and still is undefeated at featherweight, right, as of late. I mean, other than, like, you know, the losses that he's had, the last time he lost at featherweight was to Conor McGregor. And that was ages ago. Max was 23. So, it's pretty amazing, man. To see how far he's come. Obviously, I still praised him as being one of the best featherweights in the world. I mean, I thought about it. I always thought that he would be one to come back after a loss in the most humbling way. 
and uh, you know I had confidence in his ability to come back. You know, there's there's some people where they lose, and depending on who they are, like if they if they lose, they're just like uh, like fuck. I don't know if I can handle that again. Like the BJ Penn fight against Nick Lentz. That's a tough one. Um, but yeah, there's just there's just some people that you don't want it. You can't. You just can't, man. I was like, I can't see this. I can't. I can't go through this again. I'm not gonna force myself to do it. But as fight fans, we still will, and we'll talk about. It. Let's let's talk about that. Um, so BJ Penn gets booked against Nick Lentz after losing to who did he last lose to? It's almost like. I'm I'm forgetting because I'm trying not to think about it. Almost trying to push myself out of thinking about it. Um, was it Ryan Hall? No, it wasn't Ryan Hall. It was no, not Dennis Siever. He's lost a lot of fights in a row. I can think of all the people he's lost to. Absolutely, like Yair Rodriguez, Frankie, uh, Dennis Siever. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't even want to like pull it up or anything like that. That shit's that shit's depressing to think about. But uh, damn. And uh, but like. Who was it? I'm trying to think about who was his last fight that he just lost. I'm going to pull it up. I try not to pull things up because I like to really pride myself based on memory. But uh, I can't I can't think right now. This is crazy, man. He's still fighting. Seven fight losing streak. Hasn't won since knocking out Matt Hughes, which was day Matt Matt Hughes hasn't fought in the octagon and long ass time, days, ages, years, and that BJ's lone last win, which was one of the most impressive wins. I mean, knocked Matt Hughes out, which was very important. Well, very important for him and his career. And they're you know they're, they're they fought a couple times and stuff, so you know it meant a lot for him to win like that. Oh, Clay Guida, how did I forget that? Okay, so we have his Wikipedia. So last time he won was November 20th of 2010. First round knockout in 21 seconds. And he went to have the fight with John Fitch. A draw majority uh, in Sydney, Australia. Then he goes to lose Nick Diaz. And then Roy McDonald at 170 pounds. Both of those fights at 170 pounds. He goes to fight Frankie Edgar for the third time, loses by stoppage TKO in July of 2014, uh, that other fight, Rory McDonald's was in 2012, the Nick Diaz fight was in 2011, um, going to the Dennis Sieber fight, remember that one, 2017, so he had two fights in 2017, the first one was against Yair Rodriguez, um, at, in January, and then he returned in June, a few months later, and then 2019, Oh, 2018, excuse me. Uh, he lost to Ryan Hall by heel hook in 2 minutes and 46 seconds in the first round. Then final one he lost just recently is to Clay Guida at UFC 237. Uh, May, that was a while. That wasn't too long ago, was it? May, April, January, May. January, February, March, April, May, June. Yeah, like a couple months. Not even like a couple months ago. Not even three months ago. And now he's on a seven-fight win. Losing streak, excuse me. I didn't see. You heard me about to say winning streak, but uh, I had a losing streak. So he's been. He's he hasn't won since Matthews, and we've noticed a considerable amount of deterioration in his fighting style, and and, and his his speed and his quickness and his precision, and his power, and the way he stacks up against these young lions in the UFC right now as of late. 
He's not doing good, man. Seven, I mean, seven fights in a row. Seven times in a row, he has been lo- he has lost. He's gotten beaten up. He, I mean, obviously not, not. I mean, his last two fights, the Clay Guida fight. I mean, he wasn't like beaten up. Maybe so, like if he was in a Nick Diaz fight, or uh, like a. Uh, what you looking at, homie? You got a problem? Fat motherfucker. Fat, fat ass motherfucker just gave me like a mean mug some fat ass old man like act like he was gonna do shit boy i was sleepy sit your ass down and r- drive a little go-kart um but what i was gonna say was uh um shit i forgot the train of thought damn it what was it i just like literally had it damn it don't you just hate when that happens um. No, it wasn't Nick. I was it talking? Was I talking about Nick Diaz? What the fuck was I talking about? I forgot. Anyways, um, what I was? Oh yeah, BJ Penn. BJ Penn. I just thought of Clay Guida. I was like, that was something to do with Clay Guida. Was, so BJ Penn's losing streak, dude, seven in a row. Jeez. You know, all I want for me myself as a fight fan deep down is for him to get a win. You know, I'm not, I'm not like I said this many, millions of times, I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and tell someone to retire. Because if you do know, there was a report or a tweet on Twitter that did talk about BJ's reasoning for continuing to fight because it keeps him clean, which was one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's so bad. And it's like literally fighting is his way to get out of this shit. And without that, he's going to go back to drinking, partying, being reported on TMZ news for getting and maybe beating up someone, getting a bar fight, getting an altercation. No one wants to see that. I mean, it's terrible. That's a terrible thing to be in the news for. I mean, or drug addiction or any of these other things. Being on cocaine. I don't know what I read. I bet there's been, the, the work is there. I'm pretty sure you guys can find it. It's 2019. We all have iPhones. We all have internet. We all have everything. We have technology. Technology is our best friend. I'm sure you guys can link it up. But yeah, he hasn't had uh, a domestic violence and stuff. You know, He doesn't have the prettiest of past. But when you we're talking about the fighting right now. We're talking about the fights. So I've never heard this before. Literally. I mean, I've heard of stories and people's stories of, you know, getting over addictions and coming to fighting as an as a escape and eventually overall improving your life and stuff. You know, I mean, we've heard a lot of stories about these guys coming in, you know, having troubled past as kids coming in, you know, becoming fighters, doing this, tra- start training. And ever since then, you push all the bad things to the back. But it seems as if the bad demons won't go away for one BJ Penn. And I don't have no idea. This is just speculation. So I'm not saying that all these things are true that are coming out but it, it I mean it seems like I mean it, it seems like it's somewhat true and somewhat in the right direction when it comes to what these claims people are making and all these different accusations towards Mr. BJ Penn and stuff like that and um you know I'm pretty sure they're not far from off and stuff at this point thinking about him um but for him to say that uh fighting keeps him away from all that it's just like, fuck. 
that's not a bad thing to say because if you if you're fighting all the time, you're in training camps, you're trying to get a lot of fights, you're gonna stay away from it. You're gonna be in talks for title shots if it comes to, when it comes down. I'm not talking about BJ Penn or anything, but I'm just saying like an av like a great fighter, like a good fighter, a solid fighter, a fighter in the top five, top ten, like you know getting a lot of fights, staying in camp, staying ready all the time, and, and you know you know feeling good and being healthy and coming in to fight all the time that's that's a perfect scenario for you getting a good amount of fights and getting a lot of good paychecks and throughout the year and stuff but you know bj penn for example he, he's not gonna be in title contention anytime soon and you know a lot of people more so than not are calling for his retirement now for me you won't hear him retirement come out of my mouth because it's not in my place as a person as martial artist and as a human being to really pick and choose now, I, I don't want to see him get hurt. We've seen deaths in combat sports as of late and in the past and other organizations in MMA. And, you know, this, the boxing community just, just had a tragic one. Obviously, I can attest to that being as emotional as I was when it came, came to hearing of that and, and, and looking at the videos. And, you know, the whole thing, we just, that's the last podcast that we did. We talked about all that. And, you know, just because just cause it hasn't happened throughout his career, you know, all the shots he's taken, all the times he's been beaten up and, you know, he's taken a lot of shots and a lot of damage. You know, any one of those shots could have been one of those shots to put him away to have him going later going in the hospital and passing away and succumbing due to his injuries but these guys are the toughest guys in the world and you know they're having we haven't really seen this sports real young still it's only been around for maybe about 20 years and um but if you look at the history of it, you know, there's been a couple of guys who, and, and a couple of boxers, but that's boxing. And that, that leads me to talk about another interesting topic, which will come up uh, after this. But, um, you know, like the shots, amount of shots that he's taken, he has taken a lot of shots. I mean, like I said, his last two fights, he wasn't nearly beaten badly like he was against Rory or uh, Nick Diaz or, you know, Yair Rodriguez was probably the worst one out of all of them, being the fact that uh, that he got stopped in that fight and brutally destroyed by a young, hungry lion that was chasing title shots, supposedly the next big thing, and he ran into Frankie Edgar. But still, the fact is, Yair beats BJ Penn right now 10 times out of 10. There's no chance in hell that yet BJ Penn could, could beat him. Um, but that takes me to think about what what's going to happen. I mean, Dana White commented on that at the post-fight press conference and talked about that win, lose, or draw. This is B.J. Penn's last fight inside the octagon. Not not of all time, because I said this, that I feel like regardless of that, I feel B.J. Penn will continue to fight. And if he doesn't fight in the UFC, he's going to fight somewhere else. He's going to fight maybe in a Bellator. Or, I don't know, maybe not, not one not PFL, not anywhere else like that. I mean, because Bellator has ties to Hawaii now, and I think this is a, I mean, if I'm not vouching for him to continue, I'm just thinking of potential options for him outside of the UFC because I don't, I'm, I'm sitting here as a, as a fan and someone who legitimately cares, but you know, there's different levels of the way people care. Like, oh, if you care, you would be honest. You would want him to retire. You wouldn't want him to continue to do this, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm talking about futuristic things. So, would I rather have him? him in jail arrested dead because he's not doing something that can keep him away so if he's going to be able to do something as in being in training camps for fuck's sakes there's 40 year olds that are fighting right now bj penn you can stay in training camp and you can stay healthy um you hear that in the background that is not a shooting by the way 
I know it sounds like a bullet and it's kind of traumatizing to hear the bullet, the, hear that little staple gun. If you hear a staple gun in the background, I just want to say condolences to all that were affected by the Gilroy shootings the other day. Um, I think it was reported like 15 or something, 15 or so injured, um, three dead, including a little boy, six-year-old in Gilroy, California. If you're familiar with the area, that is the home to a lot of the best fighters at AKA, including Deron Wynn, um, Daniel Cormier, I thought of him instantly, Cain Velasquez, and it was at the Garlic Festival, and this guy opened fire. Um, supposedly tied to the white supremacy, and reportedly posted something, had posted some racist, you know, group pictures or something like that on his profile before, days before shootings, the shooting or whatever. So, you know, I just want to say condolences. Um, the shooter was killed. Reportedly, it was rumored to have a second person associated with it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy, man. People can't even enjoy their time. But, um, Going back to, I don't want to harp on all that stuff and bring the tone of the show down. We're trying to be informative here. Um, but going back to BJ Penn. So what I was saying is that, you know, for him, I feel maybe if he doesn't, uh, if he, like, like I said, if this is true, Dana White did say that this is his last fight and he's not going to no longer offer BJ Penn any more fights. I think this creates a potential window for all these other promoters to kind of, you know, let me just say, like, this is his last fight. BJ Penn has been released. This is his last fight on his contract. He will no longer fight in the UFC after this. So that gives him a negotiation period. I know, I don't know. I'm not too sharp about how it works and stuff like that. But um, I do know that afterwards, like, he, he has a potential to sign with the Bellator. And that's the one I'm aiming for. I'd like that. I'd like for him to go and fight in Bellator because... So, ties to Hawaii, I mean, the champ, uh, flyweight women's champion, Halima Lay McFarlane, is uh, real close to him. They have ties. They made it to Hawaii before the UFC even stepped foot there. And, you know, they have a lot of good Hawaiian fighters. And, you know, the fact is they go to Hawaii and they can have a big event, um, Bellator Hawaii, and they can include BJ Penn. Just imagine the magnitude at this stage of the career. It's it's not, it's going to do nothing but ratings on it. BJ Penn and ratings. I mean, that still brings ratings here in 2019 because there's a lot of hardcore fight fans that are desperately dedicated to the sport. That makes it exciting. I mean, can you imagine a Bellator Hawaii with a BJ Penn on there? Am I the only one talking about this? That's crazy, though. It's, it's crazy to think about because it could happen. I mean, I know there's a lot of people pushing for retirement and stuff, and there's a lot of young, hungry studs in each and every one of these promotions. So me saying him going to Bellator is not a degrading to the talents that's in the UFC. Like, UFC's best fighters in the world, BJ Penn hangs on by a thread with them, but still is able to compete where most trolls online and most of the 90% of the world are maybe maybe 75%, maybe 50% of the world is saying to retire, 50%. You know, some being professional fighters, some being coaches, people. People that know what they're talking about, the knowing the game of sport of mixed martial arts, being very knowledgeable, and half of them are fight fans, which are saying things that are also logical. He should, you know, you know, some people do have some valid points, and I do see some things that people are talking about that are actual logical points and stuff. But I'm not speaking on it on my own behalf because personally, as a pride thing and as a person deep down, that's just you know I, I can't make choices for people. He's a grown man. He has his choices. I'm vouching for him to continue and stay away from the trouble that he's in. So I'm trying to offer solutions. I'm trying to make everyone else think. I'm trying to get everyone else to kind of think differently about it rather than pushing for retirement. 
Because I don't, I mean, I don't know how many people are affected by the most recent statement. I mean, learning about the reason why he continued fighting really changed my aspect. I don't know why. I, it just, it's changed my aspect, but there's so many different factors that factor into way, the way I'm feeling about it. And I can't think about, I can't put it all together. So as in, I can't, I mean, I don't know how to feel. It's a mixed, it's a bunch of mixed feelings all in one pot. I don't know if you ever felt that when it comes to a situation or a person or something, but mixed feelings are not the best feelings. You, you got to have, you got to be solid with it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to make a decision or make a logical or make a, you know, educated decision because you're so fucked up with everything. Everything's all over the place. So for him, I want him to get back on track. I want to see, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Bellator does have some good fighters, some phenomenal fighters, and some straight-up killers, future champions. I mean, that featherweight tournament, they have a lot of fantastic fighters. I mean, there's a lot of fantastic fighters in, in Bellator. So, like I said, they're, they're full of, of fighters. So, when it comes to BJ Penn getting a win, I feel that the U, I, not the UC, I feel that Bellator would be able to do that. Because you see these young studs coming up like Aaron Pico, uh, AJ McKee, um... And, you know, obviously Dylan Dennis, as crazy as that sounds, to call him a prospect. I feel like he's so much more than that, but, you know, he just doesn't have the MMA experience. Probably because I feel that he's a bigger figure because he's more known in the jiu-jitsu community. And he's more experienced in the jiu-jitsu community versus MMA. So, I think that that's why I said that. But, um, for what I was going to say is that for Bellator, I feel that... If we did, if fight fans, if we, if we wanted to see a vintage BJ Penn come back or, or see him actually get some wins and momentum going with some wins and stuff and actually get an interview, a positive interview, like, oh, BJ Penn, this is your first win in seven fights. What do you got to say to all these haters? What do you got to say to all these doubters and all that? But just different things like that. I mean, that would be a perfect scenario. Now, is that going to happen? I don't know. I don't know if, I, if I'm just talking completely out my ass. But there is a scenario where you could do that. I mean, we've seen Bellator put guys that, you know, don't have necessarily the winning record, like maybe a 2-1 and one or a 3-1 record or 3-2 or 10-1 or... I mean, 10-1 is kind of like a scary record. It's a young, hungry lion coming up, looking to get some wins. But, you know, I feel that they have people that they can put against him that wouldn't give him the maybe like the same challenges that uh maybe like the UFC UFC caliber guys would would be at because at this stage he doesn't need he's I don't know he doesn't need to be fighting for a belt or anything of that sort or anything he just needs to be fighting and and winning as crazy as that sounds there's a million people that may disagree but if you're thinking about it and it does happen and you know Anything can happen in this crazy-ass sport. So just doing all that, thinking about all that, all that stuff's super important to to have. It's important to have. It's important to think about if you care about the fighter. I mean, I'd love for it to see him get a win. He's 40 years old, maybe has a lot of losses, but if he just starts gathering up some wins and stuff and really puts it together and, and you know, Bellator just only fights on Bellator Hawaii's or something like that, or just fights guys that aren't, aren't the best guys, because at this point, I don't give a fuck who he fights. I just want to see him win. As an ego thing, I'll, I'll finally have a capstone on my mind and on my heart. And I'll just be like, oh, 
he finally did it. I want to see a fantastic performance. I mean, has there ever been a case of a declining fighter that was in another organization just going and wrecking shop over in another one? I've heard of it vice versa, like another fighter just wrecking shop in another organization and they make their way to the UFC and it's nowhere near the same performances. And, you know, they just nowhere near perform to the extent of where they used to or their expectations or their potential usually or where their potential originally had them had them at. There's been a lot of cases that that's happened, too. It just it just depends. So enough on that and a little bit more. Let's go. Let's fast forward. I'm not fast forward. Excuse me. Let's rewind back to UFC 240. On the side of the blue corner in the form of Frankie Edgar, former UFC lightweight champion, uh, beat beat BJ Penn twice to become the champion. I mean, beat him the first time in Abu Dhabi. I think he beat BJ Penn twice, but the second time, I think think he beat him in Abu Dhabi, and he defended the title again, and he beat him twice. So he's beaten three times, technically. First two times decision, third time was a stoppage at the Ultimate Fighter finale, like, I don't know how many years ago, but... He finished him. Um, now, Frankie is in this spot. It's, it's kind of a sad, kind of a, not disappointing spot, but disappointing for fans and heartbreaking in a way. So, you know, he's he's failed his title bit at Featherweight. I mean... Frankie was a two-time defending champion. He fought Benson Henderson... He lost his title to Benson Henderson. That's his, this is when his title streak started to come, you know, his title shot streak started to come down. It's like a losing streak for title fights. So he fights Frankie or he fights Benson Henderson. Frankie fights Benson Henderson. He loses in Japan. Okay? They have a rematch. It was closer. He loses by, you know, it's a close fight, split decision. And after that, you know, Frankie just 0-2. He just lost his title. Had a close rematch, but that wasn't enough. Then he drops down to 145. Gets a win. And I think, what is it? What, what, it was a crazy streak. Like He got a win. I think he got a couple wins at Featherweight. Then he fought Jose Aldo. Then he lost. And then UFC 200 comes and emerges. They have a rematch. Aldo Edgar 2. Kind of goes a little bit of the same way. Was a little bit closer, in my opinion. But then also, you know, Frankie loses that one too. So I mean, he's lost a fight with Brian Ortega. I'm not trying to sit here and talk about Frankie like that in, in that regard. I'm just saying that's what we've seen. And, you know, now he's in the spot where, you know, every title fight that he gets in, it, it's not enough. He doesn't, like, he, he's unsuccessful. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just, fuck, it sucks. He's that close, and I, I can't imagine that. So, uh, okay, let's go. So, back at UFC 144 is when he lost to Benson Henderson. That was 2012. That's fucking crazy. That's kind of close. That's real close. That was when I really started to pay attention to these fights. Um, well, not really, actually. I started in 2011, but, I mean, like, real, you really started to be hardcore and stuff. Um, so, that was... Um, 2012, February, and then, you know, goes fast forward to August of that same year, fights Benson Henderson again, loses split decision, 
Then he drops down 145 pounds at UFC 156 in February of 2013. Fights Jose Aldo, loses, comes back, beats Charles Oliveira, BJ Penn, Cub Swanson, Uriah Faber, Chad Mendez. And then he works his way up to fight Jose Aldo a second time at UFC 200 in July of 2016. And then he loses that one by unanimous decision, beats Jeremy Stevens at UFC 205 in New York. Yay Rodriguez, he beat him by his doctor stoppage, vintage performance. Beat or lost to Brian Ortega by KO. First loss by knockout in his entire career. Then he came back, beat Cub Swanson. Now he's lost to Max Holloway. So he's kind of in an unfortunate position because you know that Brian Ortega fight. I mean, if you, if you almost want to take that fight out, it's, it's not a bad... I mean, fuck, it sucks, man. Like, it sucks to see Frankie lose. I think he's obviously been in the game. And since I've watched Frankie Edgar, he has been on top. He has been the man. He was a champion when I when I was watching this. And, you know, he was added to that list that John Jones, Anderson Silva, GSP, Frankie Edgar, Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo. That whole, that whole freaking little patch of the baddest fighters on the planet if you think of that whole list that i just listed right there that those are those are legends he was added to there he's a hall of famer for sure i think his the next induction in the hall of fame should be frankie edgar he said he's not done i kind of offered a little bit of a solution in a way of a fight fan since i like to come up with potential things that we could see or that we that could be next for these fighters or potential fights we'd like to see it's fun it's fun creating fights that we potentially get to see in the future so on my instagram on my last uh post i talked about you know i gave a congratulatory post to the champion max holloway and i had said that frankie has been in this unfortunate spot yet unique like he's lost these close title fights you know the benson fights were close that sucks um the jose fights were close that sucks but he's, he's, he's right there he's right there on the door that's the part that sucks i mean brian ortega came in he beat Frankie, and that was a tr short training camp. Um, I'm sure Frankie does have the skills to do that and to, to beat all the best fighters at 145 pounds still to this day. But in reality, I had, this is, this is kind of summing up the Instagram post. Personally, I feel that Frankie should have been fighting at 135 pounds to begin with. He's a very tiny guy. He's been fighting at 155 pounds. I don't. I think he cut like 10 pounds or some shit like that. I heard some crazy shit about that. Like, ooh, I heard some crazy shit that he doesn't really cut weight when he was at 155. Because that's like what he walked around at or some shit like that. I don't fucking know, but... Like he should have been fighting at 135 pounds. So that opens up the potential talk of what's next. I mean, he, he didn't get the fight. He didn't get the fight to go his way with Max. And, you know, I don't know if he knows that he... I mean, I don't know if he knows what to do for another shot. And I don't know if there's, like, you know, if there's any window for another shot. And, you know, I'm sure he'll sit down with his, his team and discuss this. I mean, a move to 135 pounds and maybe a number one contender's fight or maybe immediate title shot since that's the story of Frankie's career. I don't know what they're doing at 135 pounds. But as in for Frankie's next fight, I think he could fight like a, a top contender at Bantomate. And if he could prove dividends and success, th that would 
that would add so much stock to Frankie because the fact that he's he's coming down and you know this is the this is the weight class that was really made for him versus guys like TJ Dillashaw for example who dropped from 135 to 25 that just seems so unnatural for TJ but for Frankie like for example this is a guy that has been so tiny throughout his career he's fought the biggest guys I mean he fought literally biggest name and biggest you know bigger guys a lot of bigger and more thicker guys that walk around at much heavier mass than Frankie does and you know 135 has been that career for him I mean is it too late for the amount of where where he's been at and you know for seeing him cut weight and stuff um I don't know what he what he does to cut to make 145 I don't know how hectic it is I don't know at this stage of his career if it would be worth it but if we could see that I say a top contender fight at bantamweight and if he if, like if he wants to stay in the title talks and he's a tinier guy and I think he matches up well with Cejudo that's the crazy part like say what you want but like you know the Max Holloway fight Max is just a big guy, a long, rangy, tall guy. I think he's like 5'11 at 145 pounds. And it just stylistically, like if you look at both guys, they're, they're, they look like they're in two different, two separate weight classes, like two weight classes lower. Max looks like he's 155. Frankie looks like he's 135. If you look at them side by side, it looks, it looks pretty similar. It doesn't look like they're meant to fight each other. I'm not making excuses for why he lost or anything like that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm not the type of guy who makes excuses. I'm, I'm 100% honest, 110% for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel that just the style of Frankie and the style of Cejudo, it matches up very well. I mean, the movement, the constant pace, the wrestling, you know, the, he's, he's a lot tinier. He can reach him. He can, you know, I feel like, I mean, what I mean by, like, like, when I say reach him, it just seems like Max was a little too big, and Frankie just, he didn't have the range. The range is a, a big problem. That was a huge problem for me in that fight, was, uh, was the range, and I just didn't feel like he was able to calculate the range. And, and that's the unfortunate part about it, because, you know, we, we, we want to see, we've seen Frankie fight bigger guys, but just at that point in time, for that fight with Max... I don't think that there was anything Frankie could do about the range because, I mean, he did land and stuff. He did hit him with some good shots and stuff, and and land and land some stuff. But it wasn't like a it wasn't like a solid connection where you know, oh shit, I gotta respect this guy. Obviously, you gotta respect everyone that's in the cage and stuff like that. But you know, it just I just didn't seem like it was doing too much of an effective damage and stuff. And you know. I feel that Frankie just would be more effective at 135 pounds, like I said. And, you know, maybe a, a, a matchup. I don't know any clear-cut matchup at 135 pounds. All I know is that there's top a top contender fight, and, uh, and maybe he can jump right into the title fights if he wants to stay in that picture. But, um, yeah, like I said, Max Holloway, uh, congrats to you, Max Holloway. Frankie Edgar's still the man, Hall of Famer, uh, obviously 
championship level material, championship qualities. Um, curious to see what he does next, and hope it's hopefully it's a jump to 35, another fight at 45. I don't I don't mind. I just want to see Frankie fight. I think he's he's not done by any means whatsoever. I think that he has a lot to offer, regardless if it's at 35, 45, or even 55. I don't know. Whatever Frankie decides to do, I'm behind it 100. percent Let's fast forward, ladies and gentlemen, to, I mean, obviously, there's another couple of really good fights in there, too. I really enjoy, before we fast forward, I just really want to say congrats to Chris Cyborg for her win over Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer showed that she can take a punch, man. She, she, she caught a lot of those big shots, man. When I was watching that fight, I was like, oh, fuck, she's going to go down. It's going to be this one. No, it's going to be this one. No. Give it a couple more punches, and it's going to be this one. No, she, she stood in there the whole fight. She busted Chris Cyborg up, gave her the first cut of her career. She she hung in there, but you know I thought it was I thought it, if she would use more grappling and stuff and didn't you know stay on the outside too much, maybe she just rushed her and, and you know kind of wanted to Khabib her in a way and shut down her vintage punches. It just seemed like every time Chris landed, oh, oof, you gotta watch out. Every single time she punched, oh the crowd, oh oh, it's like everyone's going crazy every single time Chris threw a punch, man. Every time she landed, it looked like it, it just it was hurting her, but you know. For Felicia stayed in there. I'm curious to see what her face looks like after after taking those barrage of punches. I mean, she's I think she's the first non-title fight that Chris has fought in the UFC that she has went the distance with. Everyone, every other girl, I think, pretty sure she finished. Chris Cyborg finished every other girl that was in that that um uh that was in that weight class at that time. So I mean, maybe I don't know. But congrats to Chris Cyborg. That was the last fight on her contract. She demands a public apology from UFC president Dana White and UFC commentator, comedian, best damn podcaster and person on the fucking planet, Joe Rogan. I think Joe did issue an apology already. I think she's waiting on Dana to do that. And, you know, that, that will factor into her potentially re-signing and, and potentially lacing up the gloves to have a potential rematch with Amanda Nunes down the road. Amanda did tweet after the fight directly that she has posed interest in that fight, and i like to see that amongst many other fights for Chris. I mean, if she doesn't do that, if that doesn't end up coming together at this stage of career, she, she's been a champion in the UFC. She, she fought the best girls. Why not make a move to Bellator? How interesting would that be? Classic Scott Coker days, strike force days, Chris Cyborg, uh, Bellator featherweight champion in a prime Bellator, 2019 version Bellator. Chris Cyborg, featherweight champion, can be like a vintage strike force days. Go, go back to the strike force days. It's kind of similar. It would seem like that. So I wouldn't be mad at that either. So congrats to Chris Cyborg. Can't wait to see what's next. Um, we got some exciting fights later on, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to end this show with talking about these great fights. This will be the last thing we talk about. Um, Lawler versus Covington. Ooh, scary. Robbie Lawler scares me. I got the chills just saying his name, literally. But Robbie is a fucking assassin. I mean... Say what you want, man. Long, long, for the longest time, Robbie's been an absolute monster. I mean, when he came back into the UFC and started finishing people with head kicks and, you know, being a lot more calm and calculated, not running out there just trying to slug it out and take 
uh, people's heads off and stuff. I mean, that's when Robbie started to really put things together, when he started to be a lot more patient, when he started to really put his combinations together and focus on necessarily getting better and improving his skills. I mean, he trained at American Top Team. When he went into the American Top Team, he, you know, he, he came, he came, you know, he kind of put his skills together in a way. So he put his skills together and, you know, he, 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 you know, he did what he needed to do. Like I said, he like, he put his skills together. He rounded everything out and he became a champion off that. He became a champion off that. Um, he fought for the title. He became a champion. Obviously he had two good fights with Johnny Hendricks. Uh, after that, you know, he, he did come up short against, uh, he did come up short against uh, Tyron, but other than that, you know, and, and the, the Askren thing, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. That was that was kind of like a, that's a no contest in my eyes. I don't feel like that's a important uh, fight to think about. What's important is a fight that's this weekend, and that's against Colby Covington. Colby Covington's an interesting fight because, you know, when we think about Colby, we think about his, obviously, his trash talk, his phenomenal wrestling, his great, uh, his great, uh, what is it, stamina, cardio, wrestling. I mean, he's putting his striking together as well. He's starting to look good doing that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Colby can can play that stand-up game with Robbie. Because you think about Robbie and Colby, and you, you, put a, you, you break things down stylistically. You just basically imagine a boxing match with Robbie and Colby. <sighs> it's not going to go good. It's... Um, it's kind of like a scary thing to think about. And a lot of people that I've seen have been offering potential solutions for these fights and, and potential outcomes. It's like, oh, Robbie's going to knock him out or Colby's going to wrestle him to death. I mean, Colby has stood with people as well, but I just don't think that his stand-up is nearly as clean nor as vicious as Robbie. And that's the kind of guy you can't make a mistake with. You can't play that game. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Robbie does seem to have good, you know, obviously takedown defense and stuff, obviously. Um, but Colby, you know, Colby has, like, great wrestling as well. I think he has great underrated submissions as well. I mean, if you're really trying to get in there and submit Robbie Lawler, uh, you know, and use your wrestling to, to really shut him down, shut his offense down, then that would be an effective tool because if he does use his wrestling and his offense to neutralize the game of uh, of, um, of of Robbie and stuff, that's gonna uh, be a huge problem for him because because the fact that he you know he's he's gonna shut down Robbie's main tools, which is is mainly his striking. His striking is his mainly his strong suit. So I mean, obviously wrestling and you know. Uh, like grappling and you know he's good at he's good in all areas but you know we think of we think of vintage Robbie Lawler we think of uh we think of uh his 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 epic you know finishing ability his knockout power you know his crazy wild wild uh ferocious pace that he puts on guys and finishes guys puts guys away puts a flurry puts a flurry of a really vintage uh like I can't even describe it, dude. It's, it's it's chaotic violence, controlled violence in a cage when Robbie Lawler fights. So it just seems like it's almost too much for Colby to to fight against. I mean, look at the people Colby is beating. As of late, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to talk shit about the opponents that he's beating. That's childish to do in MMA. But striking-wise, 
I mean, he did fight Dos Anjos, um, but Dos Anjos doesn't have the power that Robbie has. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't possess that kind of pop in his punches. I mean, he did slug it out with the RDA a couple of times, but he, he didn't, doesn't possess the power that Robbie does. And Rob, you can't make a mistake with Robbie because he can knock you out with kicks and punches and hurt you and, and, and has nasty ground and pound as well. So Robbie Robbie's a guy that you, you just can't make mistakes with. So if it comes down to Colby utilizing his wrestling to control Robbie throughout the entire fight, I wouldn't be surprised. But title fight-wise, if it's not an exciting fight, and, you know, I, I think I, depending on what happens in this fight is really a, the main deciding factor, in my opinion, because if Colby just takes Robbie down a bunch of times and it's like a snooze fest and, you know, doesn't get fight of the night, isn't exciting, and people know what's going to happen. But if it doesn't deliver up to the UFC's expectations, if you guys have looked at this in the past, it doesn't look like, it wouldn't seem like he would get the next title shot over maybe like a Masvidal, like Jorge Masvidal could be next for the title shot if Colby isn't, isn't exciting against Robbie, or I mean, say Robbie wins, who knows what happens, never count Robbie out, I'm not counting Robbie out, and I actually posted on Twitter yesterday, um, um, hold on, responding to a text message, Yeah, so like I, I, I looked on Twitter, I posted on Twitter and said that uh, like title fight wise that like you know it, it it would be interesting to see Robbie versus Usman. It's a different, it's a changing of the guards kind of, kind of a different stylistically different fight for Robbie than like a Tyron Woodley. I mean Kamaru Usman does hit hard too, but uh, I think Robbie Robbie's Robbie is hard as well, and and it's a different fight than Tyron. Tyron just has a spark. Tyron, Tyron's a, Tyron hits you, you usually go out, man, so, I mean, it's an interesting fight, I mean, for sure, I'd like to see Colby get that win, and, you know, continue to back up his trash talk, and, and his skills, he's very entertaining, and I love watching Colby fight, so it's gonna be interesting, ah, that takes me back to what I was really gonna say, I forgot at one point, but, um, I had, I don't know who I'm going for, I, I, I don't know, this is one, this one's out of my hands, I'm just here to list the potential outcomes, Robbie knocks him out. He hurts him. He punishes him. Hurts him with all his shots. I mean, busts Colby up. Gets him all bloodied up. Maybe Colby submits him. Maybe he takes him down. He controls him. I'm sure grappling will pay, play a huge factor in this fight. That's for damn sure. You will see grappling 100%, folks. I have officially put my fight picks in. And this takes us back to last week's picks. I went 7-4, and four, baby. And a couple of those actually should have been mine. I should have been, like, really... Nine and two, because the fact that there was a couple picks that I circled and I made, and I circled them, and I posted them. Those are my official picks. If I'm posting those pictures, and I'm circling who I'm picking, that's who I'm picking. So there's been a couple of them that I didn't update on the Tapology website. Um, that I do, I always do that every night. I had it since 2012. I just hadn't logged in for so long that these last few fight nights I've been logging in and I'm making some picks. But you know, some of the picks I haven't really sat down and really educated myself on them and stuff. Damn, dude. Woo. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, do you you'd laugh if you saw it? I mean, you probably enjoy it too. What you just see? What I just seen? But um, 
yeah, so I've been betting on there, so it's been pretty exciting. But overall, I went 7-4. I mean, Max Holloway, perfect pick. I think I picked Jeff Neal. That was a fantastic performance against Nico Price. Uh, Nico always comes to fight, man. Let me tell you something about that guy. That guy has come to fight. Comes to fight, puts on an interesting, entertaining fight for the fans each and every time. And he's a fun guy to watch, man. Have that guy fight on every single card. That's how fun of a fighter he is. But, uh... Yeah, so back to Robbie versus Colby. Uh, if you thought you were going to get an official prediction, I don't know. I just don't fucking know. That's a weird fight because it's not like a, it's like a, oh my God, title fight. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like a Khabib versus Ferguson type fight. Like, oh my God, what can potentially happen in this fight? It's not one of those, but it kind of is like a, what the hell is going to happen? Is Robbie going to knock him out or is Colby going to wrestle him? I don't know why it's so hard for me to pick because I just don't know. You don't know, but we'll see what happens, and I'm excited for that, but um, we are nearing the hour mark, folks, so I say we wrap it up at that. We talked about a lot, provided a lot of information today, so I appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode of Kicking It With The King, episode 193. Like I said, it's available on Spotify, iHeartRadio. If you have an iPhone, it's on the iPhone podcast app directly, Google Play Music, um, all the major podcast providers, um, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Sam Exact Handle. I don't think we're going to be changing it. At G the King MMA 209 on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King. Hernandez is up as well. Follow our podcast page at KWTK Pod at, no, wait, one more time, KWTK Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and one more time, ladies and gentlemen, anchor.fm slash G Meeker MMA show. That is still the current URL for our podcast. Like I said, if you want to start your own podcast and really create your, your, your platform to spread your knowledge with the world, I say anchor is for you, man. Like I said, if you have an app that's better than anchor in the app store, you got to show me. I'm not jumping.